I want to start a series on Sunday nights on the parables of Jesus. I'm not going to do all of them. I'm going to pick and choose. And uh, so I want to share tonight about the sower. I think it's probably been preached a million times, but you're going to get one more tonight. But I feel like um, in the parables, sometimes we overanalyze what all those things mean, all the symbolism, and we get lost in what all those things mean instead of looking at the whole picture. And I feel like sometimes people take the, the parable and they don't even read Jesus' explanation of what the parable said and what he meant by it. So tonight I don't want to look at the parable of the sower, but let's start with what is a parable? What is a parable? There's Two Greek words put together, para meaning beside, and balo meaning to throw, simply to place alongside. So there's a truth that Jesus was trying to share, and he brought a parallel story, if you will, to, to open it up. Uh, it's a comparison to help convey spiritual truth. Why parables? Why parables? Some have said that parables are better a better way to convey the truth than just straight talk. I don't think that's why we, in fact, we're going to quote what Jesus said, why he did parables. But others have said that parables have no fixed meaning. It's our entirely subjective to you. What, what it means to you might be different than what it means to me. That's not good biblical hermeneutics, which is simply the understanding what it means to interpret the Bible and, and what, it's, what it's saying. Some take it uh, I mean, we just read a lot into it. That, uh, but what did Jesus say about parables? He said, because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, referring to the religious crowd of the day, it has not been given. For whoever has, to more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see. Hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And Jesus quotes Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9 and 10, uh, that says that very same thing. The sy symbolism that he uses hides a truth from anyone without the discipline or the desire to seek out Christ's meaning. His teaching was divine judgment against those who met his teaching with scorn, unbelief, and apathy. In other words, there was a crowd that was following Jesus that they wanted to pick apart every word that he said. They wanted to catch him. Their whole goal was to catch him in some lie, in some uh, truth. Remember, they crucified him a little later because they said he claimed to be the Son of God. Well, he claimed what was true. He was the Son of God. But he spoke in parables so that the unbelieving crowd, if you will, the crowd that really didn't want to know the truth would still be blinded. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is the power of God. It's foolishness to many. When we go and uh, people wonder what we do at church, you ever wonder what other groups do? 
They wonder, you know, why are you standing there listening to somebody just preach? But to us, it's life. It's, it's the Word of God. But to the unbelieving, to the foolish, they, it's foolishness to them. So then we, I want to go to Luke chapter 8, verse 5. And I probably ha- I have the Scripture up there. Sometimes we... You have your own Bible. You can follow along there. Preached by countless ministers. I've preached it numerous times. I don't know if there's anything new tonight, but I pray the Spirit of God would just open up our hearts to receive what He has for us today. A farmer went out to sow a seed, and he was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path, and it was trampled on. And the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up, and, it, and with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. The audience was basically an agricultural society. They knew that simply means they were farmers, many of them, so they knew what it meant to plant. I grew up, both of my grandfathers were farmers, and uh, when we visited them, we helped out. I mean, free hands, right? <laughs> my, um, it w- my grandfather on my mom's side, they had eight children. My mom was the oldest. There were only two boys. So you can imagine... Um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't use the word frustration, but the angst when another girl was born and he, he needed hands to help around the farm. And the girls helped. Um, they learned a lot. But let's look at, just break this down. I don't have a lot of time tonight, but, uh, which is fine. There are different types of soil. You had the, what, what we call the roadside soil or the, the, the path. Picture a a plot of land, and let's say the platform is that land, and then around the edges is where you walked, either between the two plots uh, to farm, and that was a hardened path. In gardens and things, you have the rows, and you have where you walk between, and where you step, that's hardened ground. And that's difficult. So if you throw seed where it's been tilled up and toiled, that seed will go in the ground. If you throw it on that hard path, it's not going anywhere. And that's what this roadside soil is. It's a, a patch of land where everybody walked. And that, it was like a sidewalk or concrete. Obviously, they didn't have it then, but hard and hardened path. My second son just went to Israel and got back, and he sent pictures some of you have been to Israel. And my wife, there was no explanation because he was just online and just sent the pictures he had. We had no frame of reference. I said, look, another rock. <laughs> another barren mountain, you know, a few trees here and there. But the, that ground was hardened. If you want to plant something, you've got to work that soil. You've got to dig it up. You've got to get it ready to receive that seed. And that ground on the path is not going to be there. Uh, 
so that there's no way that seed can get in that soil. Jesus said uh, in verse 11, the seed is the Word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the Word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. That's that soil. That's when, when we're sharing the Gospel with others, they're as hard as that path. They're hardened. Some have maybe been in the church and their, their hearts are just hardened. Remember what uh, Moses faced. It says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. It wouldn't receive any seed planted. And that's the soil. Many times people, we give up. Say, you know, what's the point? When we come across people like that, they're so bitter and hardened. But that's not where we want to plant the, so- the seed. The next is the rocky soil. Those on rocky ground receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. A good farmer would never leave rocks in the field. So we're not talking about just random rocks here and there. We're talking underneath the topsoil is like some bedrock. Maybe the farmer is not... And with the modern tools today, they can find that. They know that. But think back then. They're using hand tools. And they don't know, but they plant that seed in the ground and it sprouts up really quick. Why? Because there's no depth. It has to grow somewhere, so it grows up. Those things shoot up very quick. A good farmer will say, you know what? It's not time for that to be that high. It's not going deep enough. That, that's... That, Uh, soil there is not deep enough to support. You and I as believers need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. But there are folks that hear that Word and man, it, it just sets them free, but it's shallow. They don't have any depth. They don't have any foundation of Jesus. And that bedrock is there that keeps the root. And so when a storm comes, when a problem comes, when difficulty arises, they've they're done. God's not good. God's, God doesn't want to, He doesn't like me. He doesn't love me. I, you know, you fill in the blank. You know, we, some of us may have been like that before we got rooted and grounded in God. But that bedrock is there. And if it's not dealt with, we can't grow deep enough. There are things in your life and my life that have caused some pain and difficulty, some deep, deep foundational rocks that we need God to remove so that we can go deeper. Every time, and I see it in church, we, we grow and we grow and then we reach a, a point where something happens and we're right back down. I've seen them cycle through different churches and all that because we're, there's just no depth. Some people run from church to church because they, uh, you know, they're, they're not solid in themselves. We need to be solid in God. And when the farmer plants the soil, it looks good. Everybody thinks, wow, look how quick that crop came up. We'll be aware. We've seen them. They come and get saved and they want to join every facet of the church. 
They want to be involved in everything. They volunteer for everything. And then they get burnt out. They fizzle out. And, you know, it doesn't mean you don't volunteer. We do want volunteers. But it does mean be, we, be careful. We ask folks when they come to, to sit under the ministry for a while before you get involved because you need to get grounded and get rooted. It's not some... Uh, random requirement. We just want you to put your feet under the table for a while. And some people that come from other churches are hurt and wounded. And they need a time of healing. They need a time to sit and let the Lord feed them and grow them. We, the next one is the weed-infested soil. The weed-infested soil. Farmer plants it and then thorns. All kinds of weeds grow up by it. Have you ever... I grew some potatoes a few... Uh, last year. I thought I dug that soil good enough, put it in there, and some greenery started sprouting up. I'm, I was so excited, you know. Hey, I planted... I just took some old potatoes, you know. They start getting those little... Uh, eyes on them, and you, I just cut them up, put them in the ground. I'd watch my dad do it, and uh, my grandfather, and I can do this. But I didn't realize there was a lot of weeds in that soil. So there were some green plants. I took pictures, sent it to my dad. Hey, is this potato? He goes, part of it is. There's a lot of weeds by it. So when it was time to take it up, I said, what's the best time when it started, when the the greenery starts dying, you need to pull it up. Those potatoes were about that big and hard as a rock. <laughs> I think the potatoes were almost as, uh, they were smaller than the ones I planted, okay? <laughs> Pretty sad. But those weeds grew up right along with it. I mean, it, it, it uh, you, you just live and learn. I didn't plant any more potatoes, but those weeds come in. What did Jesus say? We, or let's go back to verse 13. But the ones on the rocks, when they hear, receive the word with joy, they have no root. They believe for a while, and in the time of temptation, fall away. Verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. They're choked out. This world has... If you watch the media, if you're on some type of uh, social media, you can get duped by what you see others going through. Jonathan, what was your mom, what, what did she term that? Instagram faith. She wants to preach that with me one time. but uh, Instagram faith, where you think what you see on Instagram or Facebook or what of these other places have is, is the way life is. What you don't see, you just see what they want everybody else to see. What we see on TV is what they want us to see or these movie stars and all this and their glamour and, uh, you know, the red carpet and the beautiful dresses and they've spent, 
you know, three days in the makeup tent and all this stuff, you know, they're looking great, right? What you don't see are the, the rough spots in their life, and many of them, if they don't have Jesus, they're miserable. But in our eyes, we see this uh, quick, you know, oh, look at that. Look, they, they went to Disney World. They did this. They did this. Look, at, they're always on vacation. There was one of my son's friends had gone on a long trip, and they had taken pictures. So they decided, instead of just dumping all the pictures in one you know, post, every so often they would throw pictures out. So it looked like they were on vacation almost all year. Well, for those of us looking on the outside, man, they, do they work? Do they have a job? Do, they, do their kids ever mess up their room? I don't know, because that's all we see that. that this is what this believer here who's choked out by the cares of this world, they see what everything else is and think it's great. What did David say uh, in the Psalms? He said, Lord, I see the wicked prosper. I see all these good things. And, but no, that's just a facade. I would rather have the peace of God in my life than any dollar amount the world has to offer because it can't buy me what I have with Jesus. It can't buy you what you have with Him. I, uh, I, my dad was a minister. We did not have a lot growing up. But I didn't know it. I, some of you grew up in, in those times. My parents grew up just after the Great Depression. They were born a, a few years after that. So their parents had lived through it and they knew how to save and use everything they had. They didn't throw anything away. We, we waste so much today. It's, you can't fix a TV today. You just have to throw it away and buy a new one. It's just cheaper. Um, we had TVs. You had to get up from the couch and go turn it and uh, turn it off. And we had four channels. You had the three networks and PBS and we didn't watch a lot of TV because there wasn't hardly anything on. I watched Captain Kangaroo. Anybody remember Captain Kangaroo? I don't know why I said that. Anyway. But there's so, I mean, so much out there. You can spend all day long and watch any show you want that's out there. But what have we, what have, what have we profited? What have we gained? We see what the world has and we see all these folks that seem to be succeeding and then we hear uh, that one of them committed suicide, that they've lost everything, they're divorced for the 15th time, they're remarried for the 14th, you know, on and on because why they don't have peace. They don't have the root of the Word of God in their life. And Christians, let me tell you, we need to be rooted and grounded and, and not care what the world has to offer. Not to let that take our focus off of who He is and what He is. So back to verse 14. They fell among the thorns and they were choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity, no harvest. But we have the good soil. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with noble and good heart, kept it 
and bear fruit with patience. They received the word. The soil is clean. It's, it's, the seed can grow deep. I think part of our problem is we're not patient enough. You plant that seed, you can't sit there and worry when it's going to pop out of the ground. We have faith. <laughs> but sometimes we want that, we want to see progress right away. We want to see God do it right away. And when those things don't happen as quick as we think they should, like we see it in everybody else's life on Instagram and Facebook and you name it, we think, where's God? God's not in this. Let's move on to something else. No. Be patient. Trust in the Lord. Walk with Him, and He will bring the harvest. The Bible says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest for laborers. But it also says, We plant, we water. God gives the increase. God's the one. I, I, it boggles my mind to how people can't imagine there is a God. Because we take a seed, we put it in the ground, a seed, and, and if it's watered and the soil is right, out of that ground comes a, a plant. It, there comes a, uh, something edible for us to eat. It's just amazing how God made all these things. How they doubt there is a God, I don't understand. But I tell you, if we sit there and say, well, I don't see, the, I don't see anything breaking through yet. Is, is it ready? Is it ready? You ever pick fruit that's not quite ripe? You, or maybe you're like me, go to the grocery store, you don't really know, is this ripe or not? And you call somebody over, and it's either totally rotten or, or totally not ripe, you're right? Uh, that's why I let my wife do the grocery shopping. I'm horrible. If it's not in a bag, I don't buy it. But we, we, want that, we want that fruit to be right there right away. But there's patience. God plants it. God does it. I'm going to do a few sermons on love starting next week on Sunday morning. But I thought about, uh, I got to the point in my life, I was a senior in college and wanting a mate wanting someone to share my life with. And I, was, I would date a girl. If I didn't feel like they were marrying material, I'd just move on, right? Or date. I would take them out. And uh, most of the time, they didn't want to go out with me a second time, but that was okay. But I finally, <laughs> I finally just threw up my hands and said, God, I'm done. I'm done looking. I'm done just trying to figure this out on my own. It's, it's up to you. And 30 days later, my wife's best friend called me and said, hey, uh, it's, it's Lori's birthday, and I'd known them. In fact, I punched my roommate back in when I was a junior in college, said, look at that girl up there singing, I want to marry her. Anyway, that's a, I might share that story next week. But, and he told me I was crazy. Well, uh, you know. Almost two years later, it did happen, but it took a lot of wearing down. You know, had to wear her down. But she called me and said, we're having a birthday party for her. Can, you want to come over and have some cake? Sure. So on my way there, I didn't know it was her birthday. I stopped by her card. I walk in. Her whole family is in, this, in the room. 
And they're taking pictures because it's her birthday and they throw me right beside of her and she is embarrassed as, I'm not dating this guy, why is he here? But I tell you this, I didn't know how well she, she was musically. That I knew she played the piano, but I didn't know how well she played. I didn't know she could play by ear and music. I didn't know she sang that well. I mean, I, I saw her singing, but... And I didn't know how great of a wife and mother she would be, but God did. I just thank God that some of those folks, some of those ladies I dated did not answer their phone the second time. Thank you, Lord. And there wasn't even caller ID then, you know. I just dated myself. God had something better, but I had to come to the point, I, I hadn't seen the fruit, I hadn't seen uh, it grow up, but I finally said, Lord, I just trust in you. That's the hardest place to be for you and I when we're at that point. Lord, I just trust you. I don't see it happening in the, in the way I th- thought it would. That Instagram faith where we see, hey, so-and-so was healed of this. So-and-so received this miracle. And we're thinking, where's my miracle? Where's my answer to prayer? Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't be shallow. Don't be... Uh, choked out by the cares of this world. Trust in the Lord. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He will direct your path. He will guide us. Don't lose heart. The, The times we mess up, the times they messed up in the Word of God was when they got out of God's timing, doing it their own way and their own strength, in their own method. God wants us to be fertile soil. One version says that they reap 30, 60, and 100 times more than they had sown. That is the economy of God. Because you expect one seed, I'm going to get one thing. No. God multiplies. God brings more than we could ever imagine. God sees us through all those circumstances. I want to encourage you. Let's be patient with those who may be shallow. Can I say it again? And I'm not pointing any fingers because I don't I hope none of us here are that way. But we need to be patient and encourage them and help them and come alongside them and help them get whatever Deep-rooted things are there and let the Holy Spirit work and move and encourage them and share the Word with them and let them be planted in solid ground.